0: you need to be able to be empathetic and emotionally involved without being caught in the whirlwind of all the facts and emotions that are going on in the case.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the student lawyer podcast series whether you're at school, sick, form, university thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying. And their Experienced Career Service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment-focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study options. are available so you can work and study at the same time click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer Welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. My name's Camilla and I'm an LPC student and future trainee solicitor and I will be your host for today. On today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Roy Magara, who is an employment solicitor advocate and founder and director of Magara Law. Those of you who are avid fans of the podcast will remember that Roy came onto the show last year to share his advice on developing communication skills. So anyone who missed that should definitely go and check that one out after this one. In today's episode, Roy will be sharing insights into life as an employment lawyer and how and why Roy set up his own law firm, Magara Law. We will also be discussing how law firms operate as businesses, so be sure to stick around to the end of the episode. Without further ado, let's welcome Roy back onto the Student Lawyer Podcast. Welcome back, Roy. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Hello Camilla, thank you so much for having me.
1: Welcome. So let's get straight into it because I've definitely got a few questions for you today. Um, so let's kick off by perhaps sharing uh, to the with the listeners an overview of your career history.
0: Thank you very much. Sure, so uh, a quick overview. I uh, read law at Leicester University, graduated 2011. Uh, I did the bar originally. Uh, the BPTC as it was then it might be called something different nowadays It changes so often I did the BPTC at the College of Law now the University of Law and then while I was just working doing some legal experience as a paralegal I was headhunted for a training contract which was an amazing opportunity so I cross-qualified uh, after my training contract uh, at a regional firm had various bits of experience in international uh, and national and regional firms and now I've ended up starting on my own Uh, my own law firm Magara Law so that's what I do as an employment solicitor.
1: Fantastic such an interesting and varied career journey Um, so I'm really excited to dig more into that in a little bit but when did you decide that you wanted to become an employment law lawyer and when and what was it about employment law that attracted you to this practice area?
0: Sure employment law that was probably in my Second year of my traineeship, on my training contract, I'd say, I started off wanting to do criminal law, then it was family, then medical negligence, then it was personal injury, then it was civil litigation. It was all over the place. But I think the one thing I wanted to do was help people, in some way, shape, or form. And all things considered, employment law, at least for me, had the right balance of contentious and uncontentious work, and breadth in an area of law. We had quite a lot of client contact and the ability just to change lives in people's everyday and employment law is that that's what really attracted me in terms of that practice area.
1: And so do you now represent employers or employees or is it both and are there any differences in the way that you approach a case depending on who you are representing?
0: Yes I represent both employers and employees and there are differences in terms of approach. Ultimately, you're dealing with people. So I think it's important to get to know the why behind the what that's gone on. And with employees, everyone is different. So you've got to just meet people where they're at. As you can have some clients who are very headstrong or principle-based, others who have had a really rough time and they're on antidepressants or they're going through anxieties and stresses. And so every client is different from the employee point of view. Employers, there are different things to think about, like their PR, finances. You've got to think about staff morale, depending on what the issues are. But equally, it's ensuring in any event that the company is doing as it ought to. And therefore, you've got a a bigger breadth of people and issues to think about there.
1: Definitely. It sounds like you are um, You need to be skilled in managing people and businesses, which sounds quite interesting to, to have that, you know, diverse range of experiences. Um, and, and do you think that there are certain traits or characteristics which make someone very well suited to employment law as a practice area?
0: Yes, I, I'd say so, uh, without sounding too biased. I think you need to be able to be empathetic and emotionally involved without being caught in the whirlwind of all the facts and emotions that are going on in the case. So for example, just because a client might be breaking down on the phone or telling you that all the issues are going on, it doesn't mean one, that there isn't another side to the story. uh, And two, that as an employment lawyer, I should not let my emotions get caught up in the delivery of the law. In other words, just because an employee might feel a certain way or an employer might feel a certain way, doesn't mean that the law is going to simply just be on side with them or give them the quantum that they want, etc. So I think one has got to be mindful in terms of their approach in client handling. Again, you're dealing with people and the reality is you've got to be able to adapt to every single person and every single circumstance. So i will say those traits are the most important.
1: And what are the biggest challenges around being an employment lawyer that you face?
0: Good question. Uh, I would suggest the ever-changing nature of the law and client expectations, uh, I I think, are those two big ones. Because particularly with with employee clients, uh, the the law remains the law. So all you have to do is deliver that. But clients come with a lot of baggage in, in, in the sense that a lot of emotion. Just because an employee is being dismissed doesn't mean an employee is being dismissed full stop. They've got a family, they've got finances, they've got bills to pay, uh, they've got a reputation, they've got all manner of things that that their job affects. And so it's not just the particular issue at hand that as an employment lawyer I'm juggling. So often I find myself being more of a counsellor at times than being a lawyer, and that can be quite difficult when managing people's expectations as well and, and the fact that the law changes too is uh, is is a big one what the law said last year more often than not isn't what the law says this year in terms of quantum that can be achieved cases that cases that are come and gone as well and i think as an employment lawyer we've really got to stay on top of all of that
1: yeah it definitely sounds like a very fast moving area of law so that definitely sounds challenging and um, and and are there any types of cases that you often see linked to current events? Are there any types of cases which are coming up a lot at the, mo- at the moment? We'll see. Yeah,
0: great question. Definitely. Lots of topical stuff, as I'm sure all the keywords can imagine. Yeah. Uh, a lot to do with COVID. I think more recently there's been a lot of no jab, no job concerns from both employers and employees alike. I think often people think it's just employees who are worried, but actually employers are thinking do we have to? And if so, how do we go about that? And what are the risks involved? So a lot of COVID-related issues still ongoing, all things considered. Uh, And equally, just taking on a case I had this morning, there's been a lot of, surprisingly, in my view, a lot of pregnancy and maternity-related cases gone on. Yes, we've come far in a number of areas to do with pregnancy or maternity related discrimination but because no one goes around saying oh you're pregnant you're fired or All you're right. pregnant you haven't got a job anymore because it's much more covert than that it's uh, it's much more difficult to sort of just see the wood from the trees so when we have clients like a call i had this morning someone's saying to me yes yeah, so after my first birth and coming back onto the scene definitely a lot to change in the office but my job role had practically changed but I got on with it manager didn't really seem to get on with me even though we were fine beforehand second chart comes along and then again behavioral changes so we're seeing a lot of that at the moment unfortunately too
1: that's, that's fascinating actually I suppose um like you said people can't come out and say oh you know you're fired because you're pregnant but I suppose that there could be a lot of other events which actually take place which could have an impact on how easy it is for someone to work somewhere based on yeah. their circumstances. That's, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and for, for students and graduates listening who think that they might want to become an employment lawyer, um, you know, when they qualify, what what advice would you give them regarding how to explore the practice area further? Are there any tips or resources that you would recommend for that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I suppose if I'm going by my own standards and my own experience, be shameless in terms of putting yourself out there and asking law firms if they've got a week or a few days for experience. Now, most people are used to remote working. So there are, and a lot of hearings or tribunal hearings, for example, are online. So there are much more, there are many more opportunities to get involved in that sense. Back in my day, uh, I travelled to Kent, I travelled to Wales, I travelled to so many places for the work experience. But now, from the comfort of your own home, you can do the same thing. So one, that's supposed to be shameless in terms of reaching out to people. I would say uh, in terms of uh, resources, there are plenty of free resources out there, this student lawyer being one of them. Uh, There's also a, a, a scheme which you guys run a mentorship scheme which i think is fantastic and i'm a mentor of as well and my previous mentee she was great she eventually ended up getting a training contract at a really good firm following some following a vacation scheme and i've got another mentee now who i'm helping and all being well she'll have a success story too so that's what i would suggest if i had two tips to give
1: that's really, really good advice. And for anyone who hasn't heard of the student lawyer mentorship scheme, I will also leave links to that um, and information regarding that in the description of the podcast. So if you're looking for a mentor, then definitely go and check that out. I'd like to take a moment to speak about the University of Law, which is the university I decided to study my LPC at. The University of Law is the sponsor of this podcast and makes it possible for us to continue bringing these episodes to you. So we really appreciate you supporting us by supporting our sponsors. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief in training students for the real world from the moment they accept a place. The University of Law's experienced career service and award-winning pro bono clinics offer students the chance to get real-life legal experience which can boost employability. They offer a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students excel at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their Courses to help students work and study at the same time. If you'd like to find out more about the courses on offer, please click the link in the description box of the podcast.
0: Um, okay, so
1: that's uh, such a great insight in, into your career and employment law. Um, but I'd love to move on to talk about Magara Law now. And um, for lis- the listeners who who might not be familiar. Um, uh, And as you mentioned earlier, that's the law firm that you started. So congratulations on starting Megara Law last year. It's been wonderful to see you going from strength to strength. And it's amazing to see that Megara Law was ranked fourth best employment law firm in the UK by its one year anniversary in September 2021 out of 3,578 firms. Um, on the UK's largest solicitor review site, which is Review Solicitors. So huge congratulations for that, boy! honestly.
0: Thank you. It's very kind. It's very humbling.
1: Um, and so, yeah, I mean, understanding how law firms operate as businesses is important for aspiring lawyers when making applications. So it would be really good to get your insight on this as a law firm business owner. So um, could you tell us why you decided to set up Megara Law in the first place?
0: Yeah, sure. It was always going to be on the cards, I think, eventually, although if I was going to do things my way, I wouldn't have started it when I did. I probably have another four or five years left in me of working for an employer, getting more experience and getting to know the area, et cetera, and settling down from a family's personal side as well. But uh, why did I decide to set it up when I did? Well, last year, of course, COVID happened uh, and I was made redundant from the firm I was working at. And I was applied to various places, but I thought, you know what, if I know me well, there's probably always going to be a good excuse not to start or just to try it out on my own, whether, again, it's family related money, bills to pay, the great big unknown COVID. Uh, but I thought, you know what, now's a good time as ever. And I just jumped in and just went for it. And I'm really pleased I did. And I wouldn't look back.
1: That's amazing. It definitely well. It looks like it was obviously the right decision for you. So um, sometimes you just need that little push, don't you? So yeah, congratulations. And Magara Law. Um, so what do you think sets Magara Law apart from other firms? The fact that it's obviously done so well and really climbed the ranks in in terms of, uh, but you know, being fourth best employment law firm. You know, how how do you think that happened? And how do you think Magara Law sets itself apart?
0: Uh, honestly, I, well, the strap line for Magaro is on your side. And I think that's one thing I really try to get across in my work and in my profession and when dealing with clients and just people generally, I want people to know that I'm not in it. Yes. I'm a business. Yes. Money is important, but actually I do what I do to help people. That's the primary focus. And I would like to hope that people get a sense of that when, they choose to instruct me, that I listen, that I genuinely care about their concerns. I've been in, in law firms, I won't mention names, or I know of law firms, where it's all about money. It's all about targets. It's kind of just churning numbers. And I'm not about that. That doesn't really resonate with me. People do. So I would hazard a guess or hope that that position or accolade is a reflection of the fact that I do want to help people.
1: And I think that it's clear that, well, service and customer service and actually wanting to help and being passionate about what you do, I think will always win above people kind of just chasing the money first, I think. So
0: It's
1: hmm. a great ethos. And how does a law firm like Magara Law bring in clients?
0: Yeah, good question. The one question everyone wants to know, I suppose.
1: Yes, this is a, a big interview uh, <laughs> question. So if the listeners needs to get a pen and paper... <laughs>
0: Exactly, golden secret, not saying anything. Um, no, I. Well, I mean, I started from nothing, really. Uh, probably on the one hundredth page of Google. Yeah. But I, I suppose people talk. I think it's a reflection of the fact that people talk. I spent a lot of time at networking and asking people if you have a moment, you're welcome to leave a review, or if you are, if you know people who need help, let them know that I'm happy to help them. And I suppose people just get a sense of thinking, yeah, this guy actually really helped me because he cares. So most of my clients, believe it or not, are people who've said, oh, yeah, so I spoke with so-and-so and and they told me to give you a call. Or I saw your review on here. You sound like my my kind of person who can help me. Or a podcast like this or a webinar uh, that people have, have listened to and hopefully they get a sense of this is someone who can help them so how do I bring clients in that sounds very vague I'm sorry but I think it's in the main in my experience with Magara Law it's having helped a client and that client passing on someone else's name to me or vice versa
1: yeah that's that's really interesting actually to to hear that um so thank you very much for sharing and Um, What what do you think the biggest challenges are that law firms face and how has Magara Law overcome these challenges?
0: Hmm. I suppose now that we've all gone into kind of, well, we were certainly in in a virtual world for quite a long time, I I suppose just navigating the present and future of work and what that looks like in client accessibility, I think is really important. So I suppose, and how I've tried to overcome it. I'm I'm just me right now. I haven't got a marketing expert, an account, and an accountancy part of the business somewhere there and someone else managing that. And I suppose the biggest challenge for me or for firms is getting ourselves in front of clients and helping them realize that we're their best option. And how do we overcome that? It's connecting with them in a way that they feel that I've got this big problem And even though I haven't known you for years, I've known you for this three minutes, I've watched this or I've listened to that, I can trust you. So how to make a client trust you, I think is the biggest challenge. And I would suggest the way that I've overcome that is in one person at a time. We all know that bad news travels fast. So my thought process is surely good news can travel fast too. And if I can make someone feel good or feel like they've been listened to or their problem's been solved, they know that when someone else is going through something similar, that I'm the person who can help them too.
1: That's that's fascinating. And I think it actually it just goes back to the principle really that consistent it's been consistent, really, isn't it? Hmm. And I think hmm. that will win over time. As long as you're consistent and provide consistently good service, then people will become to trust you, become more likely to trust you. And then you you have a huge giant roster
0: before you, before you know it <laughs> I agree with you I, I, and don't get me wrong that that isn't my kind of secret game I'm not here thinking oh I'll be really nice to you I'll get a client out of you hopefully but it's it's just helping people because it's the right thing to do I think I mentioned the mentorship scheme w- which you guys are are, are great I, I that really resonates with me I think that's a wonderful thing to yeah. do. and if anyone's listening sign up because I don't know what else you're doing with your life but it, it's a great thing to do and a great opportunity and the mentees I have, or I've had so far, it's just great to be able to help. I don't want anything out of it. I mean, a thank you for me is fine. Like I'm done, please. Yeah. I want to see people be successful and, and be the best version of themselves they can be. So I bring that same thought process in terms of my clients. Yes, again, it, it, it's not, it's, I'm not a charity. Business is important, but ultimately, someone every life matters. And it's important yeah. that someone, when they get back into work, can feel that they matter too. That's what's most important to me.
1: That is so inspiring. And and do you have any tips for our aspiring lawyer and junior lawyer audience on how to develop their personal brand? Because I think that's something that you're really good at from, from what I've seen on LinkedIn and just online, really, in general.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And I suppose I'm going to answer this by speaking to Roy Magara of, I don't know, 10 years ago. Right. Uh, What what, what should you do, aspiring lawyer or students listening in? I would say put yourself out there as much as possible. I went to loads of networking events. Uh, Even though I was a student, I still kept in touch with current affairs, posted stuff on LinkedIn, got involved with, uh, anything whether it's volunteering free you name it I was there uh, I've talked about sort of getting in touch whether via LinkedIn or otherwise with law firms I called up hundreds of law firms emailed loads uh, across the country just saying have you got anything can I help in any way shape or form like I'm here and just showing yourself step by step as a leader in some way shape or form whatever that is and I think I- I'm really actually I'm really impressed and encouraged by Uh, aspiring lawyers these days because they've got so much more game now especially on LinkedIn the kind of different spin-offs and things that students and aspiring lawyers are doing is really commendable in my view whether it's the things like the student lawyer podcast and you have got students and aspiring lawyers who do this I think all of you that I'm so encouraged and I'm so inspired by all of you too Uh, but also whatever it is you're doing on LinkedIn for me I, I really rate LinkedIn Show yourself as some kind of leader in some way, whatever that is, or you're keeping in touch with current affairs. Don't think you're not good enough or you're not there yet. We've all got somewhere to get to. So just start.
1: That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, And before we say goodbye, um, I'd just love to ask whether and how uh, listeners can connect with you or follow your journey.
0: Yeah, gladly. Uh, So welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. My name, Roy Magara, is me on LinkedIn. You're welcome to do that. Uh, if you have any issues or want to get in touch for any other reason, uh, my law firm, uh, Magara Uk. you can put that in the in the podcast here if you are welcome to do that, Camilla, if you'd like to do that.
1: Yes, of course. Uh,
0: yeah, as far as employment law is concerned, that's the way to get in touch with me
1: brilliant thank you so much for sharing and you're obviously an extremely busy man so thank you so much for taking this time out on on this afternoon to come and speak to us and share your experiences in employment law and starting up your own firm so thanks again
0: my real pleasure thank you so much for the opportunity as well camilla i appreciate it no
1: problem no problem well um you, hopefully we'll get you back on the show again uh, at some point in the future so until then i will let you go um, and uh, yeah we'll speak soon
0: thank you likewise do take care
1: to hear more of the student lawyers podcast hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review If you would like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.